Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 37, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Debt Collector Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. (laughs) As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime, so you've been warned. Yes, the localized title for this particular episode is Debt Collector Mary Lynn Manson. Oh, this is probably my favorite localized name in JoJo, just because of how stupid it sounds. <laughs> it's just like, again, I, I give them props it for trying the their tongue. best to, to <laughs> find a localized title that matches the original title without getting hit with a copyright claim or something. But man, going from Marilyn Manson, who I'm sure you'll talk about later in this episode, to Mary Lynn, M-A-R-Y space L-Y-N-N, is like just drastically different. The tone just is totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Admittedly, it's better than going from Sticky Fingers to Zipper Man. That is true. That is true. Or (laughs) Gangstar to Primo Mafioso or whatever the fuck they said in the dub. I just, I would love to hear the dub of this episode and listen to them say Mary Lynn Manson. Yeah, hopefully they say it cracking fast. cracking a laugh. <laughs> hopefully they say it fast so they can just blend Mary Lynn, like, so it sounds like Marilyn Manson. I don't know. I don't know. Well, before we dive into things, um, there's some JoJo updates and some housekeeping items. Um, I'll start with the housekeeping items, mostly just reminders. Um, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, please leave us a rating. If you're on the iOS or Android app, you can leave a rating on the main Strictly JoJo page. as a little star there. You just tap that, and then you leave a rating one through five, hopefully a five if you enjoy our, our Stone Ocean review series and our JoJo review series overall. It helps us out a ton. We really appreciate it. I think we're like near 20 or so reviews, so thank you so much to everyone who's been um, doing that. Again, it helps out tremendously. And as another reminder, we do have our Strictly Series Discord server that we recently launched. It's been a few weeks now. Thanks to everyone who's joined. Um, it's been fun talking to everyone about JoJo, about the memes. It's kind of cool to have like an actual place to post these memes now because we sometimes post them on Instagram, um, but because Instagram is a blend of strictly anime and strictly JoJo and a bunch of other stuff in the anime world, um, it doesn't always make sense for us to share the memes there. So it has been nice to be able to share the episodes on the Discord and then immediately share all of the memes that we've been talking about, all the wonderful JoJo memes, so that people have that reference right away when they listen to the episode. Yeah, plus it's contained uh, in separate channels. Again, there's the JoJo channel, so any listeners of Strictly JoJo can just go like flock there. And I guess the non-JoJo fans don't have to get hit with all the JoJo memes and <laughs> just the general... Uh, general degeneracy of this fandom but yeah yeah so if you're interested in joining the discord server which we hope that you will join um the link will be in the description and so no official news yet about when part two of stone ocean is going to release however comicbook.com did release an article earlier today um jojo's bizarre adventure announces new stone ocean event And so hopefully that will provide some clarity on where Stone Ocean is going to go once part one has concluded airing on TV in Japan. The article says that JoJo's official Twitter account announced that it will be holding a special event at this year's Anime Japan convention on March 26th. 
believe that's the largest anime convention in Japan. Um, with the voice of Jolene Ai Faruz, or Faruz Ai, set to appear along with a number of other cast members that make up the colorful characters of Stone Ocean. That sounds um, amazing. And I really, really, really hope that there is an announcement for what's coming next with Stone Ocean because I think in Japan, um, their current broadcast as of today's recording is at like episode five. So yeah, there's a lot of catch up that has to be done and mm -hmm. we're reviewing um, episode nine. Ep yeah, episode nine of 12. And we started reviewing it the same week that it aired on Netflix or premiered on Netflix. So there's going to be quite a gap um, if they make us wait to see the rest of it when the Japan broadcast catches up. I mean, you would think David Production is still steadily working on part two um, as it's airing in Japan, but I, I don't know what their other schedules look like for their other shows that they're working on. But let me clarify, I would be okay with a several week gap of when we catch up here on Strictly JoJo to current Stone Ocean airing um, to when the next set of episodes come out, if and only if Netflix gives us weekly releases following the Japan broadcast, because I would prefer that we get weekly releases so that we can talk about it weekly and let it be fresh and let the hype continue throughout the entire runtime of Stone Ocean. Um, but if it's just going to be another like drop of 12 episodes, then give that to us sooner, I guess, to compensate. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that they can just do weekly. I think they did that for Comey, didn't they? Comey can't communicate. They did. I think they were like two weeks behind. I don't know why, um, but they did do weekly for Comey. Like, and most anime, they do weekly, I think. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. The magic is lost with these episodes being released in bulk. Um, hype is generally died down for stone ocean on social media although like the jojo community is still trying to keep that flame alive but i think it would be better for the second half of stone ocean 2 can be released weekly especially because i think if they take the the rest of the series all the way to the end i'm sure you want to build up to the climactic parts rather than just dump them all at once yeah yeah, we've we've beat that that dead horse many yeah. times here on Strictly JoJo, <laughs> but it's in the hands of Netflix now, and we'll we'll see what they end up doing. And there's uh, another piece of JoJo news that was also dropped by ComicBook.com earlier this week. Uh, there was actually a new key art um, that was released. Um, a user by the name of J-O-A-O-V-R-M-76. <laughs> I think they go by the world on Reddit. Uh, shared some new key art of Anasui, who we saw for a brief moment in one of the episodes in Stone Ocean Part 1. And what looks like it's stand, or his stand, uh, Diver Down, which I know Courtney's mentioned many times before. So this is the first time that I'm looking at it. Um, as I uh, peruse this article, and that's that was not how I expected Diver Down to look. I love Diver Down's anime um, adaptation. I think it looks so cool. Anasui looks great. I, I can't wait to see Anasui like on screen for more than the like 
split second that he showed up when uh, <laughs> when he appeared in Emporio's room. It just he just looks like a Dia- Diavolo variant. He kind of does. He does. I'm glad that they left his um like his jock strap kind of showing still because uh that's a, a an iconic part of his outfit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm super excited to to be able to talk about Anasui um as we finally get introduced to him, which I would assume would be in the next clump of episodes. Yeah. And so we'll probably uh, share uh, this Reddit post um, on the Discord so that people can also look at the key art that we are enjoying as we continue to wait for an official announcement of part two. And in the meantime, you've got us here at Strictly JoJo to go through every single Stone Ocean episode. So yes, we are talking all about debt collector Marilyn Manson. What were your like initial thoughts, overall thoughts about this episode? Besides just how funny Marilyn Manson is still to me. <laughs> uh, this episode was a great example of a, a mundane situation being Jojo-ified. Uh, it, I, like I kept getting callbacks or it felt like this episode had nods to the Darby the Elder battle in part three, Stardust Crusaders, especially with that sort of like gambling element part of this show uh this episode um and yeah just as like with that episode it was just a a simple poker game this is just this whole episode just a game of catch but the stakes are definitely raised yeah i i completely agree i think it's fantastic um to see iraqi take another simple thing and make it extremely intense and over the top but in a way that just feels so right for jojo like it if you don't know jojo if you don't understand jojo and you just went into this episode you'd be like what the fuck is wrong with this like why why are they freaking out over playing catch but here it's like it it makes sense within the jojo lore within the style of jojo and now playing catch, Kachiboru is a JoJo reference. <laughs> Everything is a JoJo reference. But yeah, I agree. I love how Rocky can take something so basic or mundane and make it so amazing in the world of JoJo. And I, I also agree that this episode reminds us of Darby Sr., um, especially with the way Marilyn Manson operates. Because in the Darby Sr., showdown i almost said fight but it's not really a fight in the showdown when he's gambling against jotaro he has to like if the person admits defeat internally like they don't even have to say it out loud but if they just embrace defeat then the stand knows to go ahead and do whatever punishment needs to be done or in this or, case yeah, collect whatever turns debt. them into the poker chips yeah or... in this case collect whatever debt needs to be collected um so yeah same thing here Hermes knows what she did. She doesn't have to say anything, but because she's aware of her fault, Marilyn Manson shows up and collects that debt. So it's kind of cool to see the parallels between Darby Sr. and uh, Marilyn Manson and Mirashone. Although I think Mirashone's stand is a lot more menacing looking than, I think it was Osiris. That was the name of uh, Darby Elder's stand, Um, especially with uh, Marilyn Manson's like, Almost like those, not claw-like hands, but just, what would you call that? They're like, um, like, uh, what are those things that you use when you cook? The little click clackers. <laughs> like uh, the, the tongs pro- or whatever? Yeah, tongs. Yeah, when you use tongs, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> or like clothes hangers. The sinister clothes. Sinister, like, sinister, sinister clothes hangers. <laughs> 
With that all said and done, let's go ahead and jump right into the synopsis for Part 6, Episode 9, Debt Collector Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Marilyn Manson. Manson. (laughs) (laughs) A pickpocketing prisoner approaches Poochie Gang for his patronage and pushing for her parole, but the rabid reverend decides that her proper penance is a special album from his stand disc library in order to prevent Daddy Jotaro's Star Platinum Certified Disc from leaving the prison premises. Later, after storing the Star Platinum Certified Disc in an undisclosed location, Foo Fighters shares a real-life game of Oh, That's a Baseball with Jolene as a way to get accustomed to her host body. The pickpocketing prisoner, named Mirashon, butts in and places a hundred a $100 DraftKings bet that the pair will not be able to make 100 consecutive catches. The prison posse pair proves otherwise, but Mirashon decides to up the ante by making a $1,000 DraftKings bet for another 100 consecutive catches. Though Jolene calls it quits, Hermes steps in at a chance to win that chipper chunk of change. As live action Oh That's a Baseball carries on through sundown, Hermes bribes a prison guard to allow them to continue playing, but is forced to cheat using Kiss when the guard takes away her baseball glove. Mirashon's stand, Mary Lynn Manson, Marilyn Manson, <laughs> manifests, implying that Hermes violated the bet and demands payment from the lovable loser, that payment being her lovable liver when her chump change doesn't make the cut. Sounds like Marilyn Manson would fit in perfectly at the IRS. Jolene steps up for her fallen friend, betting that she can make 1,000 consecutive catches in exchange for Hermes's debt, which proves to be difficult as the nightly prison lockdown draws nearer and Mirashon runs away ever further from the prison posse. The game, which you just lost, by the way, is interrupted oh <laughs> one more time by a prison guard who confiscates the Oh, That's a Baseball, but Jolene manages to take it back using Stone Free's stringy fingers. Mirashon sends Mary Lynn to collect Jolene's debt, including Daddy Jotaro's Star Platinum Disc, tucked away in Foo Fighters' back. I guess she literally had Jolene's back. But Jolene pulls a I didn't say Simon says and claims she never picked a specific partner to play with. Our juvenile Jojo then makes prompt work of Mirashon's face with 1,000 Oh That's a Baseball makeovers and makes off with her prize winnings of Mirashon's two-disc collection. I bet... You didn't see that one coming, did you? The game. What an old ass reference. <laughs> wow, you pulled that one out of the vault. <laughs> yeah, no. A bunch of listeners are crying out in horror. <laughs> a I'm bunch sure. of old school listeners. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. There's probably a bunch of Gen Z that are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is the game? Why have oh, I lost? Man, that <laughs> just brings back memories. Anyways. Now on to our next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. There's only two in this episode and that has to do with the titular character. I've been using that word a lot now since you're familiar with it. So you can teach me what it means. (laughs) Now I know. So first reference is a fashion reference to the character Mirashon. Uh, this is a, a reference to Mila Schon, a, an Italian fashion designer who was a client of such austere fashion brands as Balenciaga and Dior, and known for her geometric designs, intricate beading, and double-faced wool coats. And if you didn't already guess, the second reference in this episode 
is a music reference with the stand Mary Lynn Manson. Marilyn <laughs> Manson. We don't use localized titles yeah, here. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Um, but yeah, that stand is referencing Marilyn Manson, an American singer, songwriter, painter, and author known for his... Painter? Yeah. What the fuck? He's Marilyn Manson painter. paints? This is what I, I could... only know him as the <laughs> I mean, Yeah, the everyone artist. knows him as the, as the musician. But he's known for his, dare I say, bizarre and controversial stage personality and image fun fact his stage name was formed by combining and juxtaposing the names of two opposing american cultural icons a sex symbol and an infamous criminal um in the former case that's actress marilyn monroe and in the latter case that's the cult leader charles manson wow that's marilyn manson for you that's marilyn manson oh my god and now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. We have one. We have an official one that's been around for a little bit. And that meme is Foo Fighters throwing the baseball, but specifically from the manga. So brace yourselves. In the manga, the panel is translated um, where Foo Fighters is throwing the ball. She says, I'm going to throw it. And Jolene, watching Foo Fighters throw it in her very awkward stance because she's never thrown a ball before, says, ah, you look like a queer. Oh. <laughs> so, um, damn, Jolene. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's an interesting thing to say. So there's a lot of memes that sprout out of that. It's, it's a combination of memes around uh, the, the panels where Foo Fighters looks all wonky trying to figure out how to throw a baseball because Araki drew it really funny. But mostly the memes stem from the fact that Jolene says that she looks like a queer. So interestingly, that didn't make it into the anime, at least from what we caught on the the sub translations. Uh, what are you laughing? <laughs> no, you know what it reminds like what uh, Foo Fighters stance reminds me of, like it's all contorted or whatever. Yeah, it it reminds me of there's like gifs. There's a gif of like a robot arm that's trying to feed like a, a human like a, a mannequin head but it's just like very furiously pushing in his face. i don't know why it reminded me of that but i guess because foo fighters is still getting used to her body and, like she doesn't know how to use her appendages and i just <laughs> connected that with a robot arm gif i could see it I, i've seen some of seen some of those gifs i don't think i've seen the one that you're specifically talking about but i've seen those clips and stuff on reddit yeah i, I could see that um, but yeah, it's it's a meme um, because it's such an outrageous thing for Jolene to say. And, and like I said, I don't think that made it into the anime. Um, so interesting choice there by uh, David Production. But we'll uh, post that meme as well as a supplemental meme in the Discord. So you can check that out and see that manga panel and the other memes that I'm referring to here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if we miss any memes or any memes that come up in the future as Stone Ocean continues for this particular episode, please reach out and let us know. Yeah, we get part three reference. We get another cherry in the mouth, although it's a bit different. It seems like Kakyoin is not the only JoJo character that enjoys cherries. Poochie does as well. And talk about making a strong first impression. Poochie not only sucks on some cherries and then like impressively takes the stems out with the pits still on them. Is that what he's doing, right? I don't yeah. eat cherries. I think I think they're gross, so I don't know what they look like. You think they're like. gross? I cannot eat cherries. I think they're nasty. Um, but yeah, he like somehow eats them without 
like removing the the pit from the stem um and then he decides to smash the fuck out of that chick's face into the corner of the table like back to back just he's coming on strong as the villain of this anime what a greatly great priestly man <laughs> <laughs> does all of these sinister things um i wanted to just briefly uh highlight the voice actor i know Pucci was introduced in the last episode uh, but his voice actor is Tomokazu Seki. And just fun facts here. He voiced Panda in Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, okay. He also voiced Selkie in My Hero. I don't know. All these like... Selkie. The... the Not not the seal. Oh, the dugong looking fucking... Yeah. Or no, the whale? Was... The killer whale? No, Selkie's the uh, Froppy's like work study. Yeah, so the the dugong seal guy, right? Yeah, he's not a whale. You said you said you said not the seal. So then I figured, oh, if it's not the seal. No, I'm saying I didn't think he looked like a seal, but I guess dugong whatever is is (laughs) technically seal. But yeah, Selkie and my hero, and I don't know if you remember this character uh, from Gintama, Pluto Bateau. Oh my god, there's so many characters in Gintama. It was the captain with that third eye on his forehead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I do remember him. He's in the, if I remember correctly, um, he's in the later part of Gintama, like the last couple of seasons or last season. Which I think we saw a video of this voice actor doing like a live uh, reading of the scene with yeah. Tomokazu Segita, Tomokazu Seki, Tomokazu Segita. <laughs> yeah, the Tomokazus. <laughs> um, so I... That's where I put two and two together. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight him. Also, interesting dust particles in this scene. That, the oh, dust particles? As as uh, Pucci was talking to Mirashon in the office, there's like a, a like nice dust particle effect. Oh, I, I totally didn't even you know, notice that. Like... <laughs> I'll have to check that out the next time we watch this. Like, I think that's how you can tell a scene is detailed, especially in... Like, that was a meme, I think, with uh, video game graphics. Oh, like yeah, when the PS4 came out. Yeah, like just seeing dust particles. And now it's ray, trace- tra- ray, ray tracing <laughs> with ray, the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we move out to the courtyard after Pucci's very strong introduction, and we learn that Foo Fighters is very overprotective of her water, understandably so, because she would die without it. Um, and then we get introduced to her finger bullet ability, um, and that she can, I guess, multiply water, because like, she shoots the the inmate in the mouth as they're drinking the water. But then their mouth or their face swells up to the point where their cheeks are starting to split open. Meaning, Foo Fighters has created more water from that water. Or did she take most of that prisoner's hydration and bring it up to their mouth? Because yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if you're so worried about not having enough water, how are you able to make more water? Because when the prisoner throws that water up in the cup, Foo Fighters is like, oh, I have even more water to drink now. And I'm like, where did that extra water come from? If you can create water, why are you worried about not having enough water? So I think what you're saying is the most logical explanation that it, that Foo Fighters is probably taking the water out of that prisoner and mm-hmm. combining it with the water in their mouth. It's just that prisoner's saliva and bile. Oh, yeah, and that's why everyone's grossed out when she drinks it. But I do love the sound design for Foo Fighters' uh, finger gun. Every time she shoots it, especially in later in the episode, it has like this cool like 
wind down like winding down sound like you know how like when a laser charges up it mm-hmm. almost sounds like it's like slowing down or charging down and then like boom it fires it's a really cool sound as as with many things in uh jojo's bizarre adventure david production does a fantastic job with sound design also i think we get confirmation um in a side conversation between jolene and hermes that white snake doesn't know that foo fighters is alive that's correct. Yeah. Yes, which we were kind of unsure about in the previous episode when the finger was still there on the ground. Um, so yeah, there, that's a I'm sure a plot point that'll come up at, at some point. Otherwise, why would mm-hmm. they mention that? Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. A uh, side note: the cup says "larg" and not "large." Larg. It says L A R G. I assume they meant to make it large, like it's a large size cup. Or maybe Larg is the brand name of the cup. Yeah, I was trying to look if Larg had any fashion connection, and I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess it's supposed to be like large, because she needs a huge cup of water. But I don't know when. When I saw the cup and like the first couple of shots, you see L A R, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it probably says large. But then when it's on the bench and you see it from the other side, it just says Larg, and I'm like, is that a mistake? I don't know, but it's just something I wanted to call out. So then enters Mirashon, and Jolene immediately consents that there's something going on with Mirashon, um, but Hermes gives into the temptation of money, not once, but twice. The first time she convinces Jolene to take the bet, and then when the bet gets um, amplified to a thousand throws for a thousand, or not a thousand, a hundred throws for a thousand dollars, then Hermes decides to take that bet on herself, even after Jolene says, no, I'm not going to. Um so it's just like interesting to me that Jolene has enough of that Jojo, that Joestar sense to say this is not a good situation. But Hermes, interestingly, like is so driven by the money. And and to be fair, does make some good points that having that much money could really help them in their mission in the prison, especially when it comes to like Jolene being able to make longer phone calls or get access to different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think here she's forgetting the risk that's involved versus Jolene who sees the risk far outweighing the the benefit. Yeah. I think it's just Hermes trying to like play the system, like the prison system because she's so familiar with it. But like you said, Jolene has that, jojo trait of knowing when something's not right and so she pulls out at the right second pulls out pulls out <laughs> uh, my question this is a stupid question where does Mirashon's one loop of hair begin and end you know what i was thinking about that too um and it's just like the same kind of question of where does jotaro's hat begin <laughs> and where does his hair end or where does his hair begin and where does his hat end it's it just is because Iraqi made it so it just is. <laughs> and now I'm trying to look up if people have cosplayed Mirashon. I I googled Mirashon cosplayed and it looks like no one has. Yet. I'd be surprised. It's a very minor character, um, and we just got the anime. But if someone does, I'd be impressed to see how so, they they yeah. do that. It's a very interesting character design. It has like elements of I want to say bucherity, especially with the I don't know what those are in her in her head. Yeah, I could see that. And then just her hair also like it kind of evokes that uh Bucerati bowl cut in a way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
It's interesting that when she gets um, these stand powers, like when she has the discs in her head, her eyes always look dead. Like they're just grayed over. But I'm pretty sure when we first get introduced to her at the beginning of the episode, she does have some color in her eyes. And that makes me wonder, what did... Um, uh, Pucci? No, uh, McQueen. What did mm. McQueen's eyes look like before he got the discs in his head? Because his eyes also kind of have oh, that right. dead look in them. yeah. Um, so I wonder if that's going to be a trait that we see across all of the stand users or the enemy stand users that have stand abilities from White Snake's discs if they end up having kind of that dead look in their eyes or just that, that loss of life in their eyes. I also just love the the guto and then the kaching guto. sign. <laughs> like that she always says after someone accepts like a bet or whatever. Didn't Darby Sr. have like a, a catchphrase like that? Did he? During the, I keep wanting to say fight, but it's not a fight between him and Jotaro. It's like a match. I, I remember off. the, go ahead, Mr. Jotaro. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I, I thought maybe he had like an ongoing catchphrase, but probably not. But as this game is unfolding, um, the, the part comes up where the guard interrupts Hermes's part of the game, takes the, the baseball and the, the mitt and everything. And Jolene argues with Mirashon that, the bet should be canceled because it was the, the the game of catch was interrupted. And then Mirashon begins to talk about them, like making excuses to end the game. If like a meteor came down and as she's explaining all of that, I'm like, this is definitely more than 10 seconds that have yeah. passed. Like that's Jojo logic to its finest. This calls back to part one where um, Jonathan and Dio are fighting down like the burning like tower and they're falling for what feels like a fucking eternity. And I'm like, there's no way this tower is this tall. It was only like two or three stories up. Mm-hmm. And yet they were falling for like a good 10 minutes. Like it's just, it's not possible. It's Jojo logic. What was another one? Um, another moment of like clear Jojo logic. I feel like it was in part two with one of the pillar man, the, the chariot race. Yes. Yeah. It was that one where they it said something like it takes 30 seconds or something to make one lap around yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the coliseum and they were definitely dragging those horses around for like a good five minutes for 22 even, minutes before even making episode. a single fucking yeah. lap <laughs> i was like jojo logic so yes here we get another quick moment of jojo logic but you love to see it right i mean time plays an interesting role in this series like we've seen that with the world and stopping time. So yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that's it another good one. That. When when Dio stops stops time using the world and says it's only for like six seconds, I'm like, this is definitely longer than six seconds. You're mm-hmm. you're talking way longer than that. Um, but anyway, as this continues, um, Hermes catches tries to catch the ball, uh, basically misses it, but uses her stand ability um, to multiply the gum that she's chewing. And then bounce the ball back oh, to her. Oh, it was the gum. Yes. I thought for some reason it was the baseball, but then I was like, how did she fit a baseball in her mouth? <laughs> no, because she pulls out that that chewing gum right before she starts oh, her mash with right, right, fighters. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Mirashon knows this, but specifically tells Jolene that she's not going to interfere because her stand is automatic, and because it's an automatic stand, it just acts as soon as Hermes admits that she broke the rules um so anytime marilyn manson shows up it's indicating someone has lost the bet whether or not it's obvious to the people around them so again this Mm. is very similar to the darby senior fight where admitting defeat alone is enough to lose your soul and i think here it's 
it's interesting because they're saying that Hermes technically cheated because she used her stand to keep the ball from hitting the ground. However, Jolene uses her stand to like weave her string into the baseball and then continue the game of catch. How is that not considered cheating? And we can hold off on that till we get to that part, but I'm just like wondering why Hermes ha- this is considered cheating, but some of the other moments in the show are not. Cuz there's one other one. Maybe I'll save it. Maybe we should just wait till we get to that that point. Um, but I'm just interested to see what your thoughts are when we get there about why this is considered cheating, but not the other two incidences. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to think that through as we go through this. Yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but Marilyn Manson also says that, because like, I think Foo Fighters tries to shoot Marilyn Manson, can't do that. And Marilyn Manson clarifies that it's a shadow of Aramis's conscience. So there's pretty much nothing they can do. It's only there to collect her debt. And Hermes then joins the donut club. She gets yeah. donutted. Add her to the motherfucking club with Koichi and Kakioin and everybody else. Um, technically, Jolene's in there too because she also gets donutted, but she was also donated by Foo Fighters in like the last arc. So uh, just add them all to that list. And I'm surprised Hermes is able to last or like stay alive as Jolene takes over to complete her game. Because, yeah, without a liver. I think you can't. Opened you up. can't live without a liver. <laughs> I wonder how long, like medically, you can last without a liver. But even then, like it's not just the liver is gone, but she's got a hole, a gaping hole in her stomach, and there's blood everywhere. Like she would definitely bleed out if anything before not having a liver would come into would come into play. Okay, uh, Google answered our question. Um, <laughs> how long? A, how long can a person survive without a liver? You can survive. For only a day or two, unless you get emergency treatment. Okay. So, yeah, I think the real threat then is just her potentially bleeding out. But that explains mm-hmm. why she's able to hang on while they finish up their their bet and get her her liver back. Um, after Hermes loses the bet, um, Jolene tells her that it wasn't her fault, that it was all the doing of White Snake, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like, well, I mean, it kind of was her fault because Jolene didn't want to take the first bet. Then Hermes is like, dude, it's $100. Let's do it. And then she didn't want to take the second bet. And Hermes was like, dude, it's $1,000. Let's do it. So, I mean, that's really nice of you to say to Hermes when she's, you know, like hunched over on the ground without a liver and a gaping hole in her stomach. But, I mean, it kind of was her fault. Like, I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. Hermes was just being a little greedy. <laughs> she had good intention, right? Because it would help in aiding Jolene's quest. But, I mean, it it was still her fault. There you go. I said it. Um, and then Foo Fighters and Jolene chase after Mira Shone while continuing to play their game of catch. And, God, it is so fucking intense. Like, it's already intense when they're out in the courtyard. But when they actually go on the chase after Mira Shone, the, the intensity just amplifies. When you already think that a game of catch can't get more intense than it already is. That's a Rocky for you. And I love that um, you get a very intense, jazzy, and espionage rendition of Jolene's theme. Yeah, um, that was cool. this whole chase sequence. And it starts off with like a, there was like a trumpet in the, once the chase sequence starts. Something about that just felt like, I don't know, like, like Tarantino-esque. Yeah, <laughs> well, I could see yeah. that. <laughs> Um, so this brings up the other incident of where I feel like technically it should have been considered cheating. 
So Foo Fighters um, and Jolene are in the shower room. Mirashone turns off the lights as Jolene is throwing the ball to Foo Fighters. It smacks Foo Fighters in the face and is about to hit the ground. But then Foo Fighters uses her plankton abilities where like she has a little bit of plankton come out of her eyeball to then grab the ball, slow it down so that she can then grab it with her hand. I'm like, how is that not cheating? Hmm. So think about that, and then we'll get we'll get back to the Jolene situation, and then we'll we'll analyze all three and see like what the difference here is. Um, so then they continue to chase Mirashone. She closes the elevator. Foo Fighters prize it open and tosses the ball to Jolene. Um, as Jolene's like screaming her head off at her, the elevator goes up, and in about ten seconds, Foo Fighters is able to go up an entire floor level on the stairs and get back in front of the elevator to then catch the ball, only for it to be caught by the guard causing Marilyn Manson to then show up and, um, again, make Jolene another member of the Donut Club. And uh, then (laughs) Jolene keeps the game going by stringing her own string into the ball, getting it back from the guard, and then smacks it against Mirashone's face. I feel like there's something inconsistent there, too, because Marilyn Manson... Marilyn Manson? (laughs) Marilyn Manson only shows up if if the condition of the bet is um, violated, right? Yes. But technically, like Jolene says, like she never agreed on a partner to use. Yes. So why did Marilyn Manson manifest if Jolene knew that she didn't uh, violate the bet? I don't know. Maybe Mirashone <laughs> felt so strongly and so confident that the bet was I, forfeited or like was violated. But you're right; it's an automatic stand. Right. Mirashone has no influence on whether or not uh, Marilyn Manson appears. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think she the the more accurate breakdown of the scene is if you know the the elevator doors close with the guard having the ball in his pocket Mirashon laughs at Jolene saying ha 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 you've lost Marilyn Manson is going to show up and collect the debt and then like nothing happens and she's shocked like where's the stand and then Jolene then clarifies yeah. well it's not going to show up cuz i didn't break i didn't violate the rules of the vet the vet the bet because we didn't choose a specific partner so then that goes back to the whole situation with Hermes so Hermes, again, misses the ball, but uses her stand ability to spring the ball back up toward her so she can catch it before it hits the ground. Foo Fighters misses the ball. Like, it bounces off of her head. She does still manage to catch it, but only because she uses her plankton ability, which is technically a stand ability because she's Mm -hmm. only able to do that through being a stand. Um, And, like, uses that stand ability to slow the ball down so that she can catch it. And then here... Jolene is only able to get the ball back within a 10-second time frame because she uses her stand ability to weave string into the ball. So that tells me it's not the fact that Hermes used her stand ability. It should technically be because Hermes should have technically missed that catch because it was it, she went to go cup her hands underneath the ball, but it slipped through her hands. However, mm. you, you can argue that Foo Fighters also would not have caught that ball in the darkness because she needed to use her stand ability to slow the ball down to even put her hand underneath it. And then same thing here. Like, Jolene never would have been able to get that ball back from the guard in 10 seconds 
if it weren't for her stand ability. So why was Hermes considered a cheater, but then Foo Fighters and Jolene were not? You have to figure this out. (laughs) I'm asking the tough questions here. (laughs) Let's rewind the tape. I feel like we're in the middle of a sports game and we're the referees and we are looking at the video review trying to (laughs) kind of put this together. But I just rewatched certain parts of the episode just in reference to the dialogue and the conditions set up for the bet. I think the only condition was that they had to be like three meters apart and had to throw the ball uh, within 10 seconds. Um, and they never specified saying you can't use your stand right at any point because all three of them use their stand. So I think with Hermes, it's the technicality that the ball was like it was already dropping to the ground. Like, like she, it was a guaranteed loss. Yes. But she happened to save that situation. Yeah. But again, couldn't you argue that Foo Fighters was a guaranteed loss? The only reason that she was able to get her hand underneath the ball in time is because she slowed the ball down using her stand ability. But I think there was still a possibility for her to catch the ball. Because like she it, kicked it up with her foot or something? Like a no, I think sack? like the ball was still in midair, even though the lights were off. And like it wasn't that... Foo Fighters like lurched forward the ball was already like past her hands like she still had an opportunity to catch it that's what I'm saying like if she like hacky sacked the ball or something with her foot yeah to get it back in the air right so it wasn't a guaranteed loss okay and I guess Jolene I mean that one's a stretch yeah technically that's a fucking that's guaranteed where, like, loss yeah, you have to define what throwing and catching is because the guard didn't technically throw the ball exactly yeah he (laughs) he didn't even fucking realize the ball was taken from his back pocket so there was no intentional throw it was she was taking the ball back Mm -hmm. so like she could have by that logic granted she can't get within three meters of the the other person but by that logic she could have just like like thrown it to foo fighters with the string attached and then instead of foo fighters throwing it back to her she could have just retracted the string and then brought it back to herself making mm-hmm. it a, a guaranteed catch so that one's a stretch i i i don't know man <laughs> i don't know well there were no referees present during this game I, I, although like marilyn manson of course is is the deciding factor but it seems like that stand bought <laughs> that stand bought jolene's reasoning so that's true and we do get an amazing ora ora moment from jolene where yeah. she in theory throws the ball into mirashon's face a thousand times <laughs> yeah <this laughs> at is... least 800 to meet the rest of the bet <laughs> the so. 800 ball aura like i know i kind of a seven page muda <laughs> i kind of wish we got another seven page muda situation but it is kind of early in the anime to have something that epic mm-hmm. but i could see it potentially being another like a seven page muda type situation um, but that that onslaught of balls in Mirashon's face oh, wow. causes the disc to pop hey, out of her yo. head. <laughs> hey, yo. Um, causes the disc to pop out of her head, and that's it. Yeah, it's that's the end just, of the episode. <laughs> we just get a, a title card that says she's put out of commission, whatever that means. I don't know if she's dead or alive. <laughs> um but yeah, all of this for a simple game of catch. But with Iraqi, it's never simple. It yeah. never. I mean, think about the climactic fight in part four between Yoshikage Kira and um, fucking Josuke. The guy is blowing bubbles. He is blowing, <laughs> but I cannot wait till we review part four. Like, I'm going to have so much fun with our part four review series, just like tearing into that shit. Because you talk about Iraqi taking 
everyday life situations and making them ridiculous. They call part four the slice of life part of JoJo. Like, it's going to be so great. But anyway, Kira's blowing fucking bubbles and it's super fucking intense. So, of course, Araki's going to be able to take something like a game of catch and make it way over the top in the most beautiful way possible. Well, no, this was still a very epic episode to watch. Again, just for a, a simple ball game. Really quick, um, when you see the reveal of where Jotaro's um, stand disc is, it, it ends up being in Foo Fighters' back. You just see these two little hands holding the disc. It's so cute. <laughs> like these chunky little like baby arms are holding the disc against her. It's so cute. Yeah, it's Plankton's family Aww. holding it together. So Foo Fighters is adorable. <laughs> and so that brings us to our final thoughts for Part 6, Episode 9, Debt Collector, Marilyn Manson. Woohoo! So did you have a ball? A baseball, to be specific, with this episode. Yeah, I loved it. I, I think especially coming off of the, like, lukewarm, don't get me wrong, the last two episodes were epic, the whole swamp and, like, Foo Fighters introduction and everything, but it just didn't hit as hard as what happened before it and what happens after it. Like, I'm just so impressed, so thoroughly impressed that they were able to adapt the baseball um, the baseball scene or episode so well into the anime and just make it incredibly intense. It just to me, this is one of this is one of those great examples of why Jojo is so amazing because again, you're taking something like a game of catch and making it a life or death situ- situation where the characters are able to look, feel, and act and sound over the top, but it never seems like too much. It just feels perfectly right for everything JoJo. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. What about you? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good episode. <laughs> um, a very exciting stand of the week episode. As we've kind of mentioned many times, it's all centered solely around a simple game of catch but with very intense stakes. And I always loved just seeing the quote-unquote like JoJo payoff and was just really curious about how Jolene was going to get out of this one with her inheriting the bet from Hermes and everything just riding on Jolene. And I would say that the result was just pretty satisfying with her just figuring out like how to phrase the bet in a way that she would still be victorious in the end. Um, and just seeing Jolene just beat Mirashon at her own game. I feel like this is kind of like if someone bet you couldn't paint a picture of something, but you do, and then it turns out really shitty, but then you say, I never said I would do a great job at painting it. It's all about the technicalities. (laughs) (laughs) And we know that always counts in sports, so it definitely counted here where it mattered. Yeah, the prison, the prison gang. I, I the know you, prison posse. It, it's prison gang. <laughs> they lived to see another day. They survived another enemy stand user and on to the next one. Um, what even is the next episode? I'm pretty sure it's the, is it the Savage? Oh, Operation Savage Garden Savage Part Guardian. One. That's another very oh, fun localized name. <laughs> it's so weird because we usually talk about previews for the next episode, um, but we don't get them in Stone Ocean. So it kind of throws me off sometimes. But yeah, we're talking about, it's the start of the, pretty much the the final arc of these 12 episodes. Um, I'm so excited to talk about these next three, Operation Savage, Garden 1, 2, and then Torrential Downpour Warning. 
this is gonna be great. This is gonna be so much fun. Like, oh it my god, features your boy. Yeah, let's go <laughs> weather report. Yes, I finally get to talk about weather report. Oh, let's go. I'm so excited. But with all of that, thank you everybody for joining us once again for our Stone Ocean Review Series. We've been enjoying this thoroughly. I mean, come on, who wouldn't love talking about the most intense game of catch in all of anime? (laughs) (laughs) But we hope that you've been uh, enjoying listening to us. Um, As always, we will share the meme that we talked about um, and the key visual that we referenced in the Discord server. So be sure to check that out there. And that wraps up episode 37 of Strictly Jojo. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday during our Stone Ocean Review Series. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com, where you'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb, everyone. To be continued. A pickpocketing prisoner approaches Poochie Gang for his patronage and... (laughs) Hold on.